Um, I thank God for the opportunity that uh, he has given me of being, being here with you, Sister Nancy, also for um, entrusted me with uh, her class, and with Sister Chris, we're going to be having the privilege of, uh, of leading you guys um, in the Word of God this morning. I'm going to ask if you can please open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 18. Verses 23 through 35. Jesus is saying, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that what he had, been, he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. The title of this, this teaching is Why Forgive? Um, most of us who are here this morning, you know, we're here for a reason. And that reason is very simple. We all want to invest in our marriages. Um, I've been in this church for about close to 27 years. And some of you have, even, have been here for even longer than I have. Uh, this November, uh, I'm going to be celebrating my 25th anniversary with my husband, and I'm very grateful for that. You know, God has been so good to us. Um, some of you ladies, you know, I, I know that might be married for, I don't know, you know, maybe longer than me, 30 or, or you know, 20, 10, whatever the amount of time is, maybe even one year. Um, whatever that amount of time, you know, the purpose for God is to bless our marriages. And we have to make sure um, about that. We have to make sure that that's what he wants. We want to walk towards becoming the ideal uh, helpmate that our husbands need. Amen? Okay, I know that we all have been sitting here for a, a, a certain amount of time, and we all have heard a lot of messages and, and, you know, hear about our testimonies, and we also have read the Word of God that is teaching us about forgiving. Uh, we may even have uh, seen movies, you know, about the, the issue of forgiving. So this is, this is a, central, a central topic that we have to really grasp this morning because it's very important. Um, 
Even though we're going to be focusing in the last portion of, of the chapter 18 this morning, I would like for you to see how the entire chapter relates with forgiveness. So I know Jesus is talking about forgiveness in this specific portion of it, but even before that, you know, in the beginning of it, uh, the, the parable of the unmerciful servant is preceded at the beginning of chapter 18 with a question that is brought to Jesus by his disciples where they wanted to know who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Um, you know, they, they came out to Jesus and they said, Lord, we want to know who is the greatest. You know, they were thinking more that God's kingdom or Jesus' kingdom is when it was going to be in, in, in um, you know, Judea uh, at the time of that the Roman Empire was in, in charge of them. Uh, but Jesus is, is to, told them something that basically shocked them at the time. And, and if you see um, in verses 2 through 4, he tells them, As surely I say to you that unless you are converted and become as little children, you will, not by, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So imagine they're thinking about, you know, great men and, and ruling, you know, Judea, and they're going to be a, a breaking from the, the, the bond that the Roman Empire was having over them. And now Jesus comes to them, and he tells them, you have to be a, as a child. You know, now when we think about a child, wh what are the, the characteristics of a child? What is, the, what is it that makes us think that God or Jesus can compare us to a child when it comes to forgiveness? To forgiveness or, or 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 how is the child relating to forgiveness can you guys help me out this morning exactly you have some lines on your on your uh, sheets I hope all of you got one So you guys can write, uh, there's no wrong answers. You know, I know that we, we can all uh, participate if you want to. So somebody has another um, answer that wants to share with the group. Right. They're just, they're, it's so easy for them to let go of any offense, of any problems. You know, even us as mothers, you know, when, when our kids get into fights sometimes, you know, we just have the tendency to protect our kid and, and you know, find out who did that to, to, to whom. And I'm sure that, you know, the ones that are teachers here know what, what I'm talking about. You know, sometimes the parents end up being offended at, at each other and the kids are like nothing. You know, and it just is something that always happens. Uh, what about when we correct our kids? You know, you can correct your son, your daughter, and, you know, just within minutes, they're going to be hugging you again, and mommy, mommy, I love you, you know? And it's, that's the way our kids are. That's the way children are. And that is the one characteristic that God is, is seeking in us. You know, we have to have that heart. We have to have that that mindset and if we don't have it the bible says that anything that we don't have we have to come before god and ask for that you know and it's not not only talking about wisdom but i think it's you know if it has to do with love if it has to do with compassion with mercy with grace anything that we are in in, in lack of we can come before the lord and ask for that because he's so generous that he's going to give it to us amen um so if we continue with our study then it says that uh, within the same chapter, 
from 18 through 6, the Lord continues teaching his disciples and warns them, telling them that as a sure thing, people will offend them. And to be careful that they don't offend others and what the consequences are if we persist in doing so. You know, I'm not going to go into detail throughout the whole chapter 18. You guys can do that on your own. But what I want you to see is that everything is related. It's like a sequence, you know. The disciples come and they want to know who's the greatest. But then God is just like, you know, breaking it down for them little by little so they can actually see what, what is it that, that he wants. What is it that God is seeking in our hearts as children of God? Um, the same chapter speaks of the love of the father for his lost sheep. Uh, from uh, Matthew 18 through 10, uh, 10 through 14, how he leaves the 99 to go after the ones whose wander off. How great is the love of the father that he's willing to go after the one and forgive. Now he's talking about the love that God has for us. You know, might be the, the, the lost sheep, you know, the one that is really not sure where, where the house of God is, you know, the one that has run away. You know, God has that merciful heart to leave the 99 behind and go after the one that is lost now. Uh, when we continue to read further down, Jesus teaches that we ought to do when someone in the church offends us and how the issue needs to be settled. Peter then asking this super religious question and exaggerated the answer in the same sentence in Matthew 8, 18, 21. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And it's, it's kind of funny because the, the um, rabbis at the time, they would say, you have to forgive your brother that sins against you no more than three times. So three was like, for them was kind of like the rule. But Peter comes, you know, he always wants to go above and beyond. So he goes, Lord, should I, should I uh, forgive him seven times? You know, it was not even double. He even went double that, you know. And, and the Lord says, no, that's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm requesting. You know, that's not what I want. Um, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. So, and he's talking about, it, it basically giving a, a, a number of 490 times, but that's not what God, that's not what Jesus was trying to say. You know, just as God forgives us without limit, you know, has no limits in, in the, the way he forgives us, we should forgive others without counting, you know, how many times they offend us. And I know that that is hard, and I know that as married women, you know, sometimes that is, uh, you know, it's kind of tough. But as the icing on the cake, Jesus then continues his teaching with the parable of the unmerciful servant. You know, we like to call ourselves daughters of God, and the Bible says that we are if we do his commandments. Jesus poses the question in Matthew 6, 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? One of the greatest commandments that we find in God's word is the act of forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not a noun. Forgiveness is a verb. You know, we have to forgive. We have to forgive. This condition placed before us is found over and over through our entire Bible, 
and our relationship as daughters of the king is contingent to us forgiving the one who offended us. So basically, you cannot separate the one from the other. You know, if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. I have to forgive. You know, there's, there's the, the one condition that, you know, if we want to receive the, the forgiveness from God, we have to come in and ask for forgiveness from God and repent. As married women, we're usually married to a husband who is the opposite of what you are in relationship to personality. You know, it's almost the rule that our husband is going to be, the, the, his characteristics, his personality is going to be the opposite of ours. You know, I don't know why, you know, it just uh, maybe has to do with chemistry. I don't know, but God has put us together, and that's the way we, we have to see it. Um, if you have been married for a certain amount of time, I'm certain that your husband has in one way or another offended you directly or indirectly, right? In many ways. Um, this might be by his words, by his actions, or by neglecting in doing something you are expecting him to do for you. You know, sometimes we just expect, him, expect our husbands to do things without even telling them. Um, this is usually more common during our first years of marriage, during the time that we're adjusting to each other. You know, we all know that at the beginning of every marriage is tough. You know, where God put two people together that are like trying to pull apart because we want our way. Each one of us wants to have our own way. And, and, and that I, me, selfish spirit that we have, you know, it has to be broken down. In every marriage, there is always conflict. We need to ask God to help us to put aside our own nature and the fruit of the flesh that has the tendency to only satisfy itself. As you may know, it takes time and commitment to adjust. To get to know and love that individual called, called husband. During my junior high years as a literature assignment, I recall re reading a book called um, Loved in the Times of Cholera. It was written by a prize novel author, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And one of the things that I remember about this book is the way the writer of the book portrays how a marriage of the main characters disintegrate over a bar of soap. You know, the, it was the responsibility of the wife, actually, to make sure that everything in the bathroom was provided. You know, the towels, the soap, the, the toilet paper, everything. Well, one day she forgets to put the soap. You know, the husband comes in and he starts showering, you know, like for a few days he doesn't say anything. There's no, there's no soap in the bathroom. You know, and, and, and instead of saying, honey, you forgot to put the soap, you know, he doesn't say anything. And they're just playing this silence war between them. And, and, you know, and every time when he exaggerates the issue and says, you forgot for weeks to put a bar of soap, and she feels offended, right? So for seven months straight, they don't even talk. They will sit on the table, they, will, they don't even talk to each other, and they will sleep in separate beds just because he, she forgot to put up the bar of soap in the bathroom. So, and, and, and you know, I, I understand that. Many times we might have issues that are greater than that, you know, in a marriage. I know that. Um, however, you know, we just have to learn to, to put those things aside and, and, and just um, forgive. You know, that's the main thing. Uh, you might be answering, how is it that a bar of soap can ruin a marriage? Yes, it is possible. Of course, there are also women that have decided to continue in a difficult marriage for fear to failure. 
for their children or many other reasons, but not for love. And especially they don't have the God's love and, and you know, God's uh, spirit in their home. Some have carried deep wounds that were maybe caused by lies, by infidelities, by abuse, or by neglect. Forgiveness offers a way out. It does not settle all questions of blame and fairness, but it does allow a relationship to start over, to begin anew. On the opposite, not to forgive imprisons me in the past and locks out all potential for change. So forgiveness offers a way out, even when it doesn't settle all questions of blame and fairness. Maybe it's not even fair, you know, maybe it's not. But why don't we learn to yield, you know, in those areas where, where we can yield, where we can, you know, just, just give out, you know, and then just accept, accept to forgive and, and let go. When, when I'm talking about this, two women come to mind um, in this regard. I'll try to be really fast. And one, one of them is my mother. My mother married my father out of fear. Um, she was told by my father that if you don't marry me, I'm gonna kill you, and whoever you marry, I'm gonna kill that person. You know, it's, it's really hard for me to talk about the issue because even the way I was conceived, you know, after a, a few years of, of really difficult marriage that my mother had with my dad, uh, the way I was conceived, she was, forced. Um, they were not together anymore, and, you know, he would just manipulate my mom in a way that he would kidnap my sisters, you know, for, for weeks at a time, for months at a time, and my, my mother had to go look for them. It was like a really, really difficult marriage that they had. Um, I don't think that, I believe that my father had, like, deep uh, psychological issues going on, and uh, back in the day, I mean, it, it was a different thing. You, you might call it, it was ignorance. It, it was, I, I don't know, immaturity. Maybe I was talking to my mom the other day, and she goes, well, maybe it was for me. She goes, maybe it was like, she knew, he knew <clears throat> that my mother didn't love him. He knew that she didn't love him. But he was so persistent. I mean, my mom tells me that he was there from the morning until the evening, late in the evening, and, and she didn't know what to do. You know, it was one of those situations that she just wanted to run, you know, and run she did. She did run, you know, she already had my, my two sisters, you know, went away, had to move to a different country, so for him not, for, for my father not to find her, and, um, you know, when it was really hard, she had to go to nursing school, try to do things on her own so she could supply and provide for us, and she did, you know, my, my dad really never, he was never there for us, you know, never, never. When I was 12, they had already been separated all my life. And that's when my mom was able to get a divorce, not because he um, actually uh, signed for it, you know, and my mom didn't know any better. I mean, she didn't know the, the Lord at the time, you know, until I was a, a teenager, that's when I got saved first and then my mother got saved. And at that time, my mom was able to forgive him for everything, all the things that, that my dad actually um, got her through and everything that she went through because of him. It doesn't mean that she went back with him because she didn't. Uh, there were like a lot of other things that happened within the marriage that it was, it would have been to put us in danger if she would have had continued to, to live with him. And I, I respected that from my mom. Um, 
but the blessing of all of this is that, you know, years later, my, da my dad goes to visit my, my mom at the church, and, and they were, the, the preaching at the time was also talking about forgiveness. So he was thinking, okay, so maybe now she can come back with me. And this was, we were already adults, married with children and everything. And um, my mom actually went and talked to her pastor and, and two elders of the church, and they talked about, you know, everything sat together. And my mom told, told him, listen, I just want to let you know, I forgive you for everything that happened within, within us. But, you know, you have to go your way, and I am going to, I have found Jesus, and that, that's all I need. And we cannot continue with, with you know, having a, a different relationship. And, and, and in saying that, it's like she did forgave him. She let him go, and, and that was it. You know, and she's serving God until, until now, and, and, and I appreciate that for my mom, you know, having that faith. But then it comes to mind another person that I know that it was kind of the opposite, opposite uh situation. Um, she's very, very close related to me, <clears throat> was married with this man for many, many years, and never left them, you know, but she had to endure the abuse, the neglect, uh, and, and many things until he gets saved. And, you know, they start going to church, but she never let go. She was never able to forgive him of all the bad things that he did. Even though they were together until the very end, she was still holding onto all the you know, the, the abuse and all the bad things that went through the, the marriage. And he passed away a couple of years ago. And then if you sit down and talk to, to this person now, for five minutes she starts telling you all the bad things that he did to her. Has she for, forgave him? I don't think so. I don't think she's forgiving him. You know, and, and the problem with that is that even the, uh, some of her kids, which are adult now with children, have also been affected by that. They hate the father. And, and they don't want to do, have anything to do, even the things that they say about him, they're bad. And I see it, the bad consequences even having a hold on their kids now. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's a curse that just continues to go on and on until somebody has to break it. And thank God for Jesus because he's the only one that can deliver us from, from that. Um, lastly, in the Lord's Prayer, which many of us religiously learned at one point in our lives, Jesus teaches in a few words about the significance of forgiveness. In Matthew 6, 12, it says, Forgive us our debts as we are also forgiven our debtors. To reinforce this truth, he continues in verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Not forgiven, he's hypocritical. If God has forgiven us so much and he commands us to do the same, we need to obey him. And this is not an option, but a command. Amen. God bless you.